0: big tour back you know i mean sh- i can't even believe it's here what the hell just happened it's just kind of like how i feel I'm like what i mean i never really stopped but at the same time it's like sh- i've never i mean, never in my life or your life or probably anybody else our peers you know i don't know how old you are but 30 30s 40s year olds yeah. you know nobody's ever seen anything like that before you know i'm gonna say anybody anyone
1: else? less than uh, about 100 has never seen this before
0: yeah anybody i mean you know yeah
1: 1917 was really kind of the last time this went down in in this major of a way here.
0: It was insane, man. So it's just good to be, you know, going and playing shows, you know, already selling a lot of tickets. You know, so that just was just a blessing, man, to be back and working.
1: You get anxious, though? I mean, just because it's been so long since you've uh, been doing this.
0: Hell no. No, not at all. No anxiety here. I'm just ready to go do it
1: you feel like prior to all this that you were, uh, you were taking it for granted a little bit? I mean, obviously, like, it can be hard when you're in the throes of it and have been on the road for a long time.
0: You, when you're in the middle of it, and I guess before COVID, you'd always look for the, I guess, what's not right about your situation. What do you, can you do better? Not about what the positivity of being able to do what you do every night, whether there's 10 people in a room or 10,000 And, like, just understanding that people are going out of their way to come see you, and that's just, it's it's incredible to have that support. And before, you know, you'd be like, damn, we didn't sell it out. There's still a couple hundred people there, whatever. It's like, dude, it's not what it's about. So, it definitely reformed my outlook
1: you've been on the ascent for a while obviously but you really were right before this happened and this you know it's just a really good way to take the wind out of somebody's for a full two years of have not been able to tour
0: ma'am. it seems like my life everything from getting picked out on the football field all the way up you know it's just like it's been tough but i've had to prove myself and you know, i have proved myself i wasn't picked at first and then i was picked and then. That was really good. And then, and then you know, I worked at this, and now it's just like never got signed by a major label. Nobody ever wanted to take the uh, risk with me because I've always been so outspoken and not given a damn about any of the, you know, uh, system, you know, or the, uh, the whole rigmarole of the business. And, um, you know, finally, I, we were making it. And it got shut down, but everybody's life got shut down, you know, not just mine. So I'm looking at it now, and I'm just now every gig I'm thankful to take, and I'm blessed to have a band, people that support me. You feel like your mouth's gotten you in trouble when it comes to that stuff? I mean, with my dad, you know, he didn't like country AF. Can we cuss on this? Yeah, please. Okay. Uh, yeah, he doesn't like country as fuck at all. And I'm coming from a conservative Christian upbringing. Can't win them all. What happens? You get the, you know, the family or mom, you get the flack. You know, they'll be like, you know, what about one day when your son's wearing that? Or if you have a child one day, it says, comes yeah. in says country AF on it or whatever. I'm just, well, maybe I, guess I, meant, I guess
1: I meant what happened to you, you know, <laughs> coming from a conservative background and ended up differently. Something happened somewhere down the road.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I went to jail. I got I was always a black sheep. My family. I don't give. A, I don't give a shit. I love Christians. I love atheists. I love uh, liberals. I love Republicans. I love. Like I'm not here to point a finger and tell anybody at whatever the religion they believe in that they're wrong. And you know, being in a religion or super packed down to one, I believe that means that leaves you open to point fingers. And uh, I'm just not really a religious man anymore. Uh, I don't think I am opposed to being a part of a church at all. Like I would love to be a part of one again one day, but I'd like to uh, touch base and read up on a lot of different uh, religions and doctrines and, you know, understand more than just my one little circle of what i've been taught and how i've been told to believe i believe when people just bite on that and use that as their bait and they just hooked on it their whole life they leave yourself in a very very small box and they don't have you know you don't have a life is so short you don't have the time to um believe a lot of things i mean you know it's it's like you're so young and impressionable and then that's what you believe in and me, uh, I do believe I was young and impressionable, but at the same time, I was always wondering why or asking the weird, the, the questions. And I'm a full believer in God, spirit and karma and uh, goodwill. And, you know, I believe in good morals and a moral compass. And throughout the world, though, I don't believe just here in East Texas, right here in Church of Christ Church, right here in my little circle. That's who I'm praying for. This is it. My congregation right here. Like, I think that's just small. And um I'm, I'm trying my net's going to cast a lot further than that. So my impression, what I want people to think about me is, man, uh, that guy's like a preacher, but he's a preacher I can have a beer with that isn't going to judge me that just talks about, you know, in his songs, about his life, and maybe you can take from it and gain something good out of it that'll help your day. And I believe that's what my music is here to do. It's kind of like my own sermon, without having to beat it down somebody's throat at a certain time in the morning or a certain day. Like, I can do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and do it again the next week.
1: You don't think religion... Well, certainly a specific religion, but maybe religion generally is necessary in order to have a
0: moral compass. Not at all. I don't believe that. No, I believe a moral compass can be within any human, whether they're a believer or not. That's just like, you know, do you have a gut feeling to do something good for something other than yourself in any moment of the day? Whether it's opening up the door for an old lady or helping somebody with their groceries or giving the homeless person $20 or whatever it may be. You know, I believe that just being a good person, I believe there's a lot of people that don't go to church that can, that are great people, you know, that can be just good, good people. And they act on it rather than talking about it. Maybe every Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night, you know, I try to put my, my faith, my faith is strong and god and i believe jesus was one of the first rock stars uh, that's kind of how i talk to people about jesus you know it's just like he's a cool dude a lot of people had a good a lot of good stories and i bet these stories have been skewed and changed over years and generations but still we can take and relate from certain things you can take some things to heart some things maybe you don't want to take fully to heart right now because it's been you know thousands of years uh, it's a fine line there you know i love christian people i love christianity i love I love, you know, the Quran. I love, uh, you know, Buddhism. You know, I love, you know, people that have different beliefs and I like freaks of the world. I like people that are just like spiritual gurus. Like I follow the guru, uh, on a lot of gurus and different people that teach meditation and try teach about higher elements of thinking and breathing. I'm not boxable. That's why I'm, my music, it's like one song is this and the next song is that, dude, I'm a bipolar uh, freaking wreck of a human that, yeah, as it can get,
1: I think. I think when it comes to uh, trying to sign with a major or, or, or breaking through, I think that that sort of impulse to make your songs wildly different from one to another is as much of an impediment as being, you know, outspoken.
0: Well, nobody's gonna, nobody's just has ever been able to tell me what to do ever, and uh, that's why I went to jail, and that's why you know, basically, I got kicked out and was put on my own for a long time you know cut off and things like that and it's just it's what sculpted me to be who i am and i just you know i've been an against the grain kind of human and sometimes it's a beating but now it's very rewarding because i'm out kind of built my own little island i got my hands on some tools and have a team around me and we're kind of invincible to any industry now like as far as invincible when i say that i mean like our crew there's no we're not cutting any corners for the first time we have uh, people looking at this from all circles on how we can better the front the show the marketing online the artwork the 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 music videos like everything that we do is very calculated now and took me being on the earth 35 years and in the business 15 to really figure it out and to get a team that's just brings as much as I do to the table all the way around you know and without each element we we wouldn't even be talking here you know we wouldn't even be putting out music so I feel lucky
1: it sounds like you were already on that path or on that journey prior to going to jail, but did that cement things to you? I mean, how how profound of an impact do you feel like that had on you, when, where you were in your future course?
0: Oh man, I, you know, I just feel like it made me not judge people anymore. Mm. So it had it had a yeah. positive impact in a sense. Oh yeah, big time! Mm. I wouldn't take it back for the world. I
1: got yeah. you don't
0: you don't them. hear that you don't hear that from everybody who <laughs> gets arrested. No, I wouldn't take it back. I did almost ninety days. And, you know, that's not a hard time, but enough to understand what the hell it means to have your freedom taken away. Understanding that this man with no teeth next to you, they're spending the same amount of money on that guy as they are with you, who's lucky to have a mouthful of teeth because you to the, went to the dentist. We're all the same. Hmm. You know what I mean? And in jail, everybody's the same. That's what's cool about it. Really, there is no middle class, upper class, or lower class in jail. Uh, upper class is somebody who's been there longer. That's the only way you get upper yeah. class. You got a little bit more seniority. Senior. That's the only class. Yeah. skin color, nothing matters. You know, I became friends with a bunch of hood motherfuckers in that bitch. Like, there's some. There were some dudes in there that, that had done hard time and gotten in and out, been in and out, in and out, and like had stories. Of big fights broke out and shit happened. Shipping all my stuff got stolen and then me and three of these gangster dudes went into another tank and had to get all my food and all my stuff back these hood Tejano guys that were no good <laughs> with the teardrop tattoo kind of humans you know there's just moments in there where I was scared to death moments in there I felt at peace moments in there it was like a rehab you know I didn't have any booze or any any, any distractions. I read a lot. Yeah. Jail kind of was a free rehab. Thank you, taxpayers.
1: You can't really compare having been in jail in the past two years. You know, obviously like now you can still, you know, leave your house and and go outside and still engage with certain things from a time standpoint, you know, two years is a long time to, to do this, but do you feel that you emerged from this experience and that experience with a similar sense of what you needed to do with yourself?
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, when I got out, I was just ready to, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get any good job interviews or any good offers from jobs or get back into school. It's just, I was already turned 20 in jail and I was just like, it's time to go. So I moved up to Colorado where they had a little less harsh laws on marijuana because I've been a marijuana smoker since I was about 12 years old. Cause, uh, when I was very young, my family, I had my, my family kind of, they got divorced and, you know, I went to a, uh, Went to school and got into a bunch of trouble, and they had me on a bunch of ritalin and ADD medications and shit. And so I got off all that shit and started smoking weed because you know in the mornings I just wake up and I'm a ball of energy and I'm anxiety. And I used it medicinally since I was about twelve or thirteen and got in trouble for it the whole way up and got put in jail for it. And then uh, got out, moved to Colorado and lived up there for almost four and a half years. Moved back to West Texas, out to love It After that, Lubbock and Abilene, kind of just trolled around West Texas for a while. And I moved to, back to Tyler for a bit, got some money saved up, moved, got a brown van with a blue stripe, old 1995 G20 Chevy van, and moved down to San Marcos, Texas, where I started Sons of Fathers in 2010, and then, or 2009, 2010, I think. And um, you know that band? Kicked off for a while. We got national press. It was fun and kind of taught me the ropes. And I just moved on. Uh, The band broke up, kept trucking. 2014, put out a record, put out another EP, put out a full length in 19, COVID. Here we are. Now we're putting out a new one. Country coming down April 1st. I don't want
1: to shit talk medication too much. You know, I know, you know, a lot of people in my own life have, have definitely benefited from it. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there who do. But do you feel that in your own instance that the they're man. trying to medicate some of that, that sort of personality out of you or some of that rebellion out of you? 100%.
0: dude. I 100% believe that kids do not just need to be on amphetamine. That is speed. It's legal fucking doctor's speed it's cocaine it's meth it's crack it's the same shit i don't care who uh, add is a false fucking thing in my opinion Mm. i think it's just kids learning to getting into their skin they're learning to how they process life and we need more teachers and more counselors i guess and more principals and they need to be paid more because this is a big job kids do not need to, their brains need to develop, and they don't need to be skewed. And their, melt, their serotonin and their dopamine and everything should not be throttled up and throttled down by drugs and medication before they reach a certain age, before they have, get through puberty, before their brain is totally developed. And then you can start realizing, okay, what, much, what kind of engine does this kid have? Is he low on this kind of oil? Does he need this? Does he need that? You know, and that's what needs to be recognized in a child. Not, oh, this kid's a little wild, but stuff fucking 60 milligrams of Adderall and Concerta and Vyvanse and all this shit down his throat and shut him up and make him so fucking high that his teeth are gritting and that he sits there like this. That's not the way we treat children. And I will be forever a fighter Against that kind of medication, speed—it's speed, amphetamine. Like that's just one. Now, there's kids that are bipolar, that are schizophrenic. That, that I mean, there's certain yeah. things that need kids need medication. I'm not saying kids don't need medication. Kids don't need fucking amphetamine.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert in it. Um, I, I don't know if I, I necessarily agree that that ADD isn't a thing or you know or an issue with some of them. But I unquestionably I think, think that I think that
0: there is you know th- the net is cast way too hyper- wide, right? It's a hyperactive disorder. And yes, you can call it this or that, but I don't think it's worth prescribing somebody's speed to change. You you, you learn how to what what does what makes this kid tick? What is this kid going to be good at? Is he terrible at math? Why in the hell do we worry about him busting his head open and being tested himself because he's not good at math? He might be good at science. Let's throw them here. You know what I mean. Let's figure out what kids are good at. Let's you know, and not get frustrated with trying to harness them or put a bit in their yeah. mouth by using fucking amphetamine. I'm talking amphetamine. I'm not talking about any other drugs. You no, know, for sure. Or,
1: I think what you're advocating here is, is more uh, more investment in in education. You know, and actually I mean, getting you know taking the time because we're talking it's, about like teachers with 30 40 kids in a classroom actually paying that specific attention impossible. to a single one it's impossible
0: it's impossible and you know teachers should be, be paid more than anybody else you know yeah, because exactly. that is our world the kids i was unfortunately in the years of growing up where uh, uh prescribing children was heavy heavy i was a guinea pig And I have to live with it, you know? And my granddad told me one day, he's like, what's wrong, son? He picked me up from school. And I said, this medication, I was like nine. This medication makes me not act like myself. Like it takes my personality away. The things I like about myself goes away. And he said, well, son, from now on, when they give you that medication, you put it under your tongue and you figure out a way to throw that shit away. And you just try to be, you keep it together in that class and know that you're a little bit wild And you're a little bit rambunctious and you're a little fidgety. And you need to keep your mouth shut when it's time to keep your mouth shut. And you need to listen when it's time to listen. And you need to have fun when it's time to have fun. And that's what he told me. And I took that lesson for the rest of my life on how to act. Yeah, did I take some Rocky roads and get caught in pot and go to jail and all this shit? Yeah, but I'm still a good person. And I still understand that no drug can ever really rule me. You know, uh, maybe one can help me, which marijuana does for me personally. Some people it's a wreck for, uh, yeah. you know, so it's like it's different strokes for different folks. And I believe I believe in medication. I believe in doctors. I believe in medicine, but uh, I don't believe in over overprescribing kid that may be artsy fartsy and bouncing off the walls.
1: Your grandfather was uh, probably what I'd say the single biggest influence on you and your life. It sounds like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, beyond that, he was a big music guy, too. I mean, did he, did he give you your first guitar?
0: Yeah, he did. He did. I was about six years old. Came in, he kicked his boot up up on this red bunk bed, and I was sleeping. He came in there singing uh, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash, and he had this guitar, and I looked up. I noticed it wasn't his guitar. He was like, no, this one's yours. Happy birthday. It's just what happened. I can still remember. Coming
1: from uh, multiple generations uh, in the church, I mean, obviously, you know, musical family, but do you get the sense that it was difficult for them to kind of reconcile like secular music and being in the church?
0: Oh, man, it was just night and day, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it was like we'd leave church and then we we would come home and my granddad strap on the guitar and my grandmother go and they'd sing Jackson, you know, and they'd do the duets in front of the whole family and just enjoyed it. They loved both. Just don't cross the streams. But they kept it separate, dude. Yeah, I remember I took a guitar, an acoustic guitar into a Church of Christ one time. It was during like the youth, you know, youth group hangout, like in the gymnasium area, (laughs) like brought it in there. And they're like, you took that out.
1: I grew up Jewish, so this is a completely foreign world to me. But, you know, I, I know obviously there are a lot of churches, especially like youth groups said embrace the guitar
0: oh yeah that's uh, just not the church of christ and there's a lot of things i love about the church of christ and there's people out here that are going to listen to this that are church of christ and i'm not here to talk bad about the church of christ at all but they're pretty hard nosed you know they they were definitely there was a lot of no 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 lots of notes and uh me being the wild rambunctious add kid overprescribed amphetamines that i was you know, I was pretty wild and always, I got in trouble my whole life. I was in trouble. You know, I was a troublemaker. I wasn't ever mean or bully or anything like that, but I was just, you know, I loved to laugh and cut up. And You know, when some and I wanted to bring my acoustic guitar into the, to the gymnasium, one of the elders came and said, nope not going to have that. The, our music's only sung by our voice, and that's for the Lord, you know?
1: I'm sure it's hard to imagine where you'd be in life and what kind of trouble you would have gotten into if you hadn't discovered music.
0: Who knows, man? All I know is that being traveled, I'm well-versed with people and yeah. humans, and we're a lot alike all across the world. People like to laugh. People like to cut up. People like to be serious. People like to cry. You know, anybody deserves a break and i do believe that and i've tried to make it make it known in my life now that i've been you know that i'm more successful and I'm, we do better i try to give as much as i can i don't have to give in a church say every sunday but i go and i try to i try to help somebody that's down and out and you know when that is you can feel it like when you double pump and, or double think that look at somebody when they're just double take yeah Double take that double take. There's a reason what that feeling is. And I believe that's gone. You're talking
1: about what, just like walking past somebody on the street and giving them a couple bucks or even
0: that, or, you know, there's just, you know, uh, try to help family members or somebody, somebody that would never expect it. You know, mm-hmm. somebody that's not asking maybe, just a random acts of kindness is really what it comes back to. And I kind of thrive off of that, you know, now it's, um, that's my church and that's what I've taken from it. Not having to tithe or give a percentage of my earnings unless, you know, I feel called or compelled to do so.
1: As I've gotten older, you know, it's dawned on me that I may never be at a point in my life where I'm going to be able to, you know, like affect any sort of major change in the world. The base level of every person on earth should be to leave the world at least slightly better than you
0: found it. Yeah, somehow, some way. It's not always about material things or money, you know, about yeah. to help somebody, to be a friend or to be, be a listener, uh, really, or to ask somebody how they're truly doing and mean it. I think that is a uh, good compass in life, like a moral compass. And it doesn't have to be churchy or from the Bible or any type of doctrine or anything. You know, it's just goodwill. That's about it, you know? So we can talk about doing things for people all the time, or you can go do something for somebody. Because a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. Who actually does it?
1: Talk about it, and when they do do it, they, they want credit for it.
0: And then they're going to be online telling people what exactly you know what I mean. I don't have to doing go, it for Instagram. I'm not, to go, I'm not going to go through my list of good yeah. deeds just to be validated. Just you describe groups so. in the pudding on how you act and how you treat people. And by the time you get off this earth, there's going to be enough people out there, they're going to be able to make a good assumption if you're an asshole or if you're a nice person and legacy. It's all we got. At the
1: top of the conversation I think he kind of made a reference to your music as as being your sermon and I'm I'm curious what that what that means, you know. Obviously you're not preaching necessarily in mm-hmm. a literal sense.
0: No, I just allow the spirit to kind of uh, work its magic with me and uh, I'm called to do this. It's something, it's something else. Sometimes my band, you know, it surprises me what can happen. The possibilities are endless with this crew. And everybody in the crew has a good, good compass inside their hearts. And everybody's worked their ass off their whole life to get to where they're at. And everybody could be fine on their own. But everybody just enjoys working together. And it's a beautiful thing. This uh, tour is going to be incredible. It's going to be monumental for us to really just pour in our dates you know pour in some time that's how the band that's how bands get really good you know you can be a good band but boy it's like it's like a baseball team you know it just feels like this off season's been a long ass time
1: yeah yeah it's 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 that thing of them all saying that they're in the uh, i'm in the best shape of my life and they're all like 20 pounds heavier than they
0: were (laughs) for sure man
1: i think he used the word calling i mean it's there's a sense in which it sounds almost spiritual and that you know you feel like it's what you were put here for
0: yeah 100 percent. it is i call on you know i have a weird way of uh trying to uh, i mean my prayer life is big you know and I, I talk out loud in my head to god about what i'm trying to accomplish and i always have been the entire time whether uh, that was a uh, church that embedded that in me but it's my own way of keeping sane. i always say god use me as a tool i'm here as a tool and let me do uh do something great for these people tonight that paid to come see me and allow my band and us to fall into a pocket deeper than we ever have the lord's name i pray amen and then i go hit that stage and then a blanket of ease comes over me and ever since i was a kid it's been like that you know right when I get up there on the stage it's just like a blank it's like everything's lifted off and it's like here you go dude you're in your element go rip it I'm just thankful to be able to do what i am really called to do
1: everybody has bad days it's, uh, maybe you're feeling a little bit sick or or as you said before maybe there are you know there aren't as many people in the audience as, as you'd like but you still you still enter that pocket regardless
0: got to you know you uh, you bite your lip. And you just freaking go and you know take away the ego out of your vi- vision and what you're seeing because there's if it's one person's life you touched that night who pulled them out of maybe a moment of depression or fixed helped a relationship you know made two people that thought that it was about to the end enjoy themselves together and be married or what I mean whatever it might be. You know, that's, it only takes one. And that can be a janitor that works at the venue. Didn't even pay for a ticket. And it's been that before where that janitor has hit me up on Facebook. And now, you know, when I'm out in Lexington, Kentucky, you know, this guy comes with his family, you know, impressed. I impressed him, you know, it did something for that guy. I hope that I can do that for as many people as I can. And then I hope I peacefully just take my last breath at about 99 years old I'm that ninety the day before I played the best round of golf of my life and I just passed away, you know?
1: <laughs> Dude, you could do a GG Allen to just uh just die on stage.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> yeah. bam.
1: Man. You mentioned uh, helping other people out of the out of depression, but you know, I know in, and specifically I think on your last record, it sounded like you were kind of going through it yourself and recording oh, yeah. was a way of
0: getting through it. That's what room forty one did. It was my own little uh I found myself, my true self and what I'm, you know, I've I've kind of figured out how to really work my, like I've said, my engine mentally. And sometimes you can lose track of it. And like, if you go through heartache and you're in a dark spot in your life, it's easy to fall into a twisted uh, fate and it's hard to dig yourself out. But when you do dig yourself out, that's the most, it's like taking your first breath of air, you know? And uh, for me, Fortunately, cutting a record helped me through that, and being around my producers and my best friends helped me get through that. And um, this album is just me taking what I love to do live. And uh, I was, that was always the question is this song gonna freaking bump live? Is this gonna make their ass dance? Or is this gonna make them cry? Is this gonna make them feel what it was all fan based? for these songs on this album. the albums, first time I did that. I wasn't thinking about what I like, I was thinking about what they like. And so that's why I'm just like, good God, there's hit there's feels like hit after hit because it's just like what they like is what I'm supposed to play. And I finally figured that out. So it took this long. So why not just do that? So Listen, it's man. It's, when you think about it. Just play
1: yeah, it what they like. It's like everything else in life. It's one of those things that seems really obvious in hindsight, but maybe not so much of the time. there, there is a, Obviously, there's some irony there at recording your uh, very much live album or album for a live setting during a period when you haven't been able to be on the road in two years. Are those two things connected?
0: No, oh, man. Just We did cut a lot of stuff live. We, we didn't ever really stop you know we masked up and did stuff like that we kept just kept trucking kept our head down tried to be creative as much as we could i uh I cut this record you know shit when did i start i cut it in like january and february of 2021 i think not mistaken it might be the year before everything's kind of a blur but um i'm just i'm stoked on it i'm stoked to be able to get more material out it's never a bad thing
1: maybe it's also a reaction to the last record in that it can be even as much as you're in the pocket and enjoying playing live if your last album is you know in a sense like a breakup record or an extremely emotional album it's hard to do that every single
0: night oh yeah you know um There's a couple of songs on Room 41 that'll just kind of, that are hard to deliver because it does take me back to those moments where I was in a dark place. But I always have to look at them and be like, man, there's could be somebody out here that needs that song. Like I need it. That's how I can play it. It's kind of like sometimes it's like singing a song at a funeral, you know, (laughs) like you just got to bite your lip and get through it because the person who's dead there would love to hear you sing the song. You can't, you know, you can't fold now, you know, and then right on the last note, you usually fold like a $2 suitcase. So that's happened to me on stage with a few songs from room 41. There's some wild tunes on this other one. So don't think that I'm just a tamed, tamed uh, human, (laughs) um, because I never have been. And my wife and I, we're still wild as can be, have a great time. You know, it's just, you know, more mature good times i'm just not out of the bars every single night anymore <laughs> yeah yeah it's about that's about all that's changed yeah that's you know? still i mean that's still a big change though if that's something you, Did you do change? The change man i still love to go yeah. i'm not saying i'm not going to be in the bars but it feels good you know uh my mental health is better than it's ever been let's put it like that and you know and it comes it, it comes in waves some days you'll hit the pavement with you know shit i'm why am i pissed off you know, sometimes I'm like hitting myself like, dude, you've got like a blanket of pissed off energy going on. Why? And just like, OK, stop. Stop being pissed. Nothing to be pissed about. You're lucky to be alive, breathing, walking outside, usually taking a walk helps.
1: <laughs> I you know, this is you know, we get older and there's a certain point in your life. If you're if you are somebody who, who's a heavy drinker, or partier and you, when you kind of look around and you're like, oh, man, is this, is this getting depressing? Am I <laughs> am I getting exactly. depressing?
0: Don't let it be sad. Don't let it be sad. If you're sad, you shouldn't probably be party. Probably be addressing, trying to find happy a happy thing to celebrate about.
1: Are you still able to kind of have that that same sense of catharsis though on an album like this, where you know it is uh, written in a very different way?
0: Oh yeah, you can feel that that the albums, you know, one <laughs> there's a little bit in each record that still mean the same thread that is just mm. that allows it. To waver whether it's the topic of a a song Maybe more lovey-dovey than one record would have You know, or one song has something so edgy As country as fuck, or cocaine country dancing Or before that, it was kind of like Everybody Walking This Land was a big one That was just like, you know, more of a political statement Just everybody, but just don't be It's pretty much don't be a fucking asshole song All of you, just all over the world Every race, every tribe, you know, it's that song So all these songs... You put them in a line you can see that they're they're not preachy but they all have a an element to them that just kind of is cohesive so it's fun to watch it grow because i have sometimes i'm just standing in the studio and i just had the song you know on a guitar and then all of a sudden it's blossoming and you're just like wow shit it's like literally watching a flower grow
1: everything's kind of political now but it sounds like your approach to politics is very similar for, to
0: your uh, your approach to religion yeah pretty much i hate radicals Here's my politics. I think radical is wrong. I think being open-minded, looking at both sides of the sword, and understanding that people are are not going to agree, and how to find a happy medium in between, and, and uh, with still being able to get shit done. Calling out injustices when you see them. That's all it is. Right from wrong. We know what it is. You know? I just... Uh, you know i pray for our country i pray for our people and pray for happiness around families and and people that are less fortunate than me that's what it, this this world needs it's just a bunch of smiles for a while you know
1: yeah you uh you mentioned uh kind of flirting with meditation earlier is deep practice
0: yeah oh yeah every morning meditate in the shower
1: yeah, is that, I haven't tried, Is that use is that used I haven't tried the shower before
0: Well, you just um i just my granddad taught me how to meditate not young. you waste he a lot of water that way right Wait well, yeah you waste a lot of water uh, <laughs> but it's a couple you know it doesn't take two minutes two minutes of breathing you can change mm-hmm. you can change your whole mental you can it's like what I call just shaking out the edge of sketch clearing out your brain and I do it by breathing heavy in and out one. In and now two and, and use numbers in and out you think of a shape and a color so i think of, i've always thought of like an orange triangle you know <laughs> and a triangle is always done I, I put my head up against the wall in the shower and i run the hot water on my back and i put my hands to my side and i the reason why i put my head on the shower because sometimes you'll breathe too far and you can buckle you know i've almost nodded off because if you're tired you know, you may want to sit down in the shower. Like I'm not wanting people to go and fall out because breathing deep, you can, you can fall and lose control of your body real fast once meditation really starts working. And that's what the main goal is. And right when I'm starting to reach that euphoria of it's like coming out of a sleep and I've forgotten what number I'm on and all I see is the orange triangle. And I just take one more breath and I open my eyes and I slam that water to cold as can be. And then I freeze my skin and my pores and I get out of there and I'm just refreshed, renewed, ready, ready to go. Renewed. R-E-N-U-D-E. Renewed. Uh, But uh, I am uh, just feeling good at that point. And it kind of just can change my attitude. I don't do it every morning, not every single morning, but I mean, four or five times, four times a week. You know, I'm feeling good. You know, I'll skip and do a quick shower if I'm late or something, you know, it's just it's really if I'm feeling anxious is when I have to do it, you know, and I'm just glad I have something that I can do to myself that can relieve that anxious tension.